Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Welcome to the Animation Station Podcast, your home for discussions and debates about all things animation. Each week, we'll rank, review, and revel in animated shows from yesterday and today, and from around the world. So grab your Acme slingshot, set your mobile suit to autopilot, and put on your mouse ears. The Animation Station Podcast begins now. to each of you. You must be terrified, little girl. In that case, let me go ahead and put you out of your misery. It's four on four team battles? This is gonna be awesome. This is my kind of training. My ass of Vajra is gonna get even stronger. You have never met a Thor like me. Today, my hammer comes for your face. Such a hunk. And boy, does he look good in that tight little uniform. I hope Kenshiro gives him a hard fight. Then I might get to see him loosen his tie. Oh, I should have brought a camera today. You can say no to me, but what about Warden Yakushiki? What a dream boat. I could just ride him straight to sea. <laughs> You're a naughty boy hitting a girl like that. You need to be taught a lesson. Now this is what I'm talking about. If you like that, you're gonna love this. Hey guys, welcome to a very special episode of the Animation Station Podcast. My name is Josh. My name is Gavin. And we're joined by very talented voice actress, Marissa Linty. Hello, thanks for having me on, guys. It's our pleasure. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. We're excited about this. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Marissa, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, so my name is Marissa Lenti. Um, I'm 24, and I'm from New York. And Ooh. I've been a voice actress for about four years and uh, about two years doing anime. Excellent. Nice. So what w- you're in Texas now, right, with Funimation? Mm-hmm. Wow, what was that like, going from New York to Texas? Very jarring. <laughs> <laughs> It's way warmer here, and it's way quieter here. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I bet that was a, a culture shock. Oh, yeah. Um, but I love it here. It's really nice. So on, on that note, how did you get into voice acting? So specifically, voice acting was a, a whole chain of events. Um, when I was a really little kid, I did um, stage acting and film acting um, for about, mm, you know, like uh, like four or five years. Um, I did commercials and I did plays and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I sort of fell out of it as I started going through, um, my teenage years. Cause mm-hmm. I got kind of self-conscious and I was like, I don't want to be on stage and on camera and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but when I was in college, I was in college for costume design. I was a seamstress, um, for about nice. a decade at that point. And I realized that that wasn't what I wanted to do with my life because, 
sewing is fun, but it's very stressful as a job. Um, so I kind of looked back and I was like, what do I, what am I good at? What can I do, um, with my life that isn't this? <laughs> and I realized that I had sort of like, I still had all that training as an actor, but I had never really done anything with it. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was really into, um, you know, anime and video games and that kind of thing. So I was like, oh, voice acting would be a good way to apply the acting skills that I already have in a way that would be fun. Um, so I was in Boston at the time, going to college. I started taking voice acting lessons at a local studio. Um, From there, produced a demo, put the demo online, and about two weeks after finishing my demo, I booked my first uh, video game. Wow. Impressive. So from there, I just kept uh, doing stuff from home. It was all from home when I lived in Boston. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after I graduated college, everyone was like, where are you going to go next? And I was like, no break. I'm going straight to Texas. Uh, I didn't I didn't stay at home at all. I didn't stay in Boston at all. I went straight here because I knew that if I stopped, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to keep the momentum going. Yeah. So I moved down here and immediately started, you know, getting into, you know, the Texas scene and talking to people. And mm-hmm. that's how it kind of all started. Wow. So you said that you were a fan of anime and video games before. Um, do you have anything that's like your favorite Yes. What do you get? <laughs> uh, my favorite anime franchise of all time is Digimon. Oh, yes. he's got a friend in Josh. Oh, oh that's really? Fantastic. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. I love Digimon. It's my favorite. That's um, awesome. And then some of my like favorite animes from before I became a voice actor were Bakano uh, and Death Note was the other really big one I yeah, loved. Death Note. Nice. We're oh, and talk- Princess Tutu. I haven't heard of that one. Princess Tutu. Oh, it's great! I highly recommend it. It's a ballet anime, nice. and it's nice. based on um, it's based on the Nutcracker, which is my favorite ballet. Ooh, I am a Tchaikovsky fan, so maybe there's Ooh, something there for me. You'd love it. It's <laughs> full of his music. Nice. I'll have to check that out. I'm gonna write that down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a romance, and I'm a sucker uh, for same. See, for so, a good romance anime. So is Josh. I think we have a kindred spirit thing going here. You, <laughs> you and Josh probably have the same watch list. <sighs> probably oh man <laughs> now um when you go into like say when you get a part um do you go in uh like to a do you do any research on the part anything like that before you actually go into the studio to record or do you like to go in blind and then tell you this is what we're looking for in a character and then you go in it like that mm, i don't like to go in blind but sometimes i have to <laughs> Sometimes you don't get told what show you're working on or what character you're playing until you get there. Um, But when I do know ahead of time, I definitely like to do my research. Um, If I only know the show and not the character, I usually watch the first two to three episodes of something and go... Kind of get a feel for it. Yeah, kind of get a feel for the tone at least. So like at least if I don't know which character I am, I'm like, I know what the show's kind of like. If I do know what character I am, then I will specifically look up stuff about that character. But that's very, very rare that I know that ahead of time. Yeah. Gotcha. Now, uh, so the, the directors, when they tell you about everything, like say they don't give you a lot of notice of, you know, what you're going to be doing. Do they give you a lot of creativity to experiment with the character or is it pretty much, this is the character we want do this? Um, it depends on the show. Um, definitely I've gone into some, Um, sessions where they're like, okay, you're doing this. We don't really know how you're going to get there, but we feel like you can do it. Like, let's try some stuff. 
And mm-hmm. usually, uh, like if it's an anime, for example, we'll go through the whole sh- episode and find a line that's like either a lot of talking or like really well establishes the character and kind of play with just that line to make sure the voice is right before then backtracking and starting at the beginning of the episode and doing the whole thing. Uh, that happened to me on um, Akiba's trip. I was recently in that show as one of the like villain of the day characters Mm -hmm. Um, and her first couple lines in the episode were just efforts they were just noises and so I was like hey can we go find a different line in the episode that's talking so we can kind of play with the voice before we start doing all these efforts Mm. Um, and he was like sure and that's how we did it but sometimes you walk in and they're just like I know what I want from you Uh, it was what you did in the audition or it's your normal voice or it's the voice that you did for this character but a little bit different because the personality is this and then you just go from there and like you hit the ground running immediately. Um, So again, depends on, you know, what director it is and the context of the show and whether or not you auditioned for it. Now, does that happen a lot like, uh, because I know you do a bunch of video games too. Is it easier doing the video games when you're just doing like those efforts, so just like the random noises and everything like that that you do, or is it better, or is it easier for you when you actually have a script, have an anime that you're going to do, or any sort of gig like that? Uh, definitely video games are normally easier, I would say. They're easier in that you don't have to look at the screen, you don't have to match the animation, it's mm. just you, you know, just... Straight out of your mouth, whatever you say, whatever the timing is, it's fine. No lip flaps that you have to do. Yeah, no lip flaps, no timing, none of that stuff. But video games do tend to be a lot more straining and exhausting because you're yelling and screaming and doing those fight efforts and stuff. Um, And video games, like, sometimes they'll be like, you could only do this for two hours and then you have to take a break and come back to the studio later so that you don't blow your voice out. Whereas anime, you usually go in and record the whole thing in a block. Um, so they both have their own challenges. So with video games, I imagine it's a lot of just recording of random phrases because, you know, as you play through a video game, you might need it to say different lines based on different options that the character, Mm -hmm. you know, is played with. So, I mean, that seems like that would be really kind of challenging just to have a ton of random phrases just to do and try and you know, build character into that. What is that like for you? Oh, yeah. I remember um, I did some voiceover for a game called Black Sails um, by Deck 13 Interactive. Mm-hmm. Um, I played the main character in that, and it was like a, like a mystery, find the object kind of game. Oh, yeah, one of those little oh. point and clicks. It wasn't a point and click. Oh. The, the character did walk around okay. the 3D space, but it was similar in that you were clicking on stuff and Oh, yeah. I mean, finding... I, yeah, I, I didn't mean I meant like clicking on like the items like on the wall to reveal oh, yeah, something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like a 3D. Yeah, that's not a point like... and click. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> it, it's like similar, but it has a little more gameplay built into it because you're walking around. Mm-hmm. Um, and that character... She only spoke to, like, one or two other characters throughout the entire course of the game, but there was a lot that you could say to those characters. Mm -hmm. And so I had this huge script. It was really thick, and it was just like, you know, if he says this, if he says that, if this happens, if Mm -hmm. you have this item, then this changes. And so it was a lot of me, like, saying almost the same thing, but very, very slightly different. Right. And 
those those are really challenging sessions. But luckily, I had a good director who was like, you know, walking me through like, this is the context. You know, this is what you're responding to. Or he'd read the other character and I'd be like, okay, I understand like where I'm supposed to be. But it was hard to, you know, sometimes the character would get to a place where like, she's really distressed and then we would reset. It's like, okay, this is back to the beginning of the conversation. Right. Um, and you'd have to take all of that emotion out and start over. But, you know, in the end, it took like a good couple hours, but we finished the entire game. Um, and I was like, all right, I don't really know what happened <laughs> in this game. Like, it seemed like a lot of just talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also recorded, I think that game has like four or five different endings. Jeez. Oh, wow. So I'm like, I don't know what was real and what wasn't. Because some of the endings are like crazy different from each other. Mm-hmm. And like, like there's a character who might have been a ghost the whole time. But in one <laughs> ending, he's totally not a ghost. And in one ending, it's something different. And I'm just like, I don't know what was real, but we finished. <laughs> nice. That sounds like a crazy challenge. Wow. Mm. Do you have any favorite uh, directors or studios that you like to work with the most? Because um, I know you've done some stuff with uh, Rooster Teeth, some stuff with Screw Attack, mm-hmm. um, Marvel, Funimation, everything like that. So do you have like any specific thing that you really like doing the most? Well, um, working with Screw Attack is obviously really nice because those guys are like my family. Um, I uh, My boyfriend works there. And that's how I kind of got involved, although we weren't dating at the time that he first hired me. Um, (laughs) But so, like, going in there, it's just, like, a bunch of friends. Like, we're just hanging out, and we're just recording, you know, whatever we're recording. Uh, Funimation is definitely one of my favorites, though, because I go in there so frequently. Um, It's almost like my my real full-time job in that I'm there pretty much every week, and I can see, you know, there's a lot of directors there um, that I love. I love working with all of the directors that work there. Um, and they're all super nice. And it's just a nice place to be. <laughs> you know, when you're there and you're working and, and, and everyone else is working and everyone's going in and out and you get to see pretty much everybody uh, that works in the Texas area is always coming in and out of Funimation. So you're, you're constantly working with, you know, like-minded, talented people. Um, definitely. Definitely Funimation, especially for the scope of how many cool things happen there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet. It's really cool. Okay, uh, going back to the voice acting, when you go in to get a character, do you try to relate to your character? Or, I mean, the, is there any sort of detachment? Do you try to get under your character's skin? I usually try and find at least one thing that makes me alike with all of my characters. Because... Otherwise, it's not very fun if you're just completely detached and you're like, man, my character is an awful person. I hate this. Like, (laughs) nobody's going to be having fun listening to that, and you're not going to be having fun doing it. So even my most outlandish characters who are, like, totally out there and super not me at all, I always find, like, one thing where I'm like, this is how we're alike. Um, Like, I voice a character in One Piece. Her name is Mistress Sadie. And... um, as her name implies, she is a sadist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she uh, moans in the middle of her sentences. That's a thing that she does. Um, and she wears, like, hot pink leather. <laughs> and she very much is not like me in any way, shape, or form. But she has um, a, a pet koala and a pet zebra and a pet rhinoceros and a pet minotaur. And I'm like, you know what? I get you, girl. <laughs> I, too, would love to have all of those things. So that's, like, 
a single thing that relates me to her. And in that way, I can get really into her and be like, this is fun, you know. Um, even though she is so unlike me, like, she's my girl, you know. And that's kind of how I feel about all my characters. I'm like, this is my girl. Um, here are the ways in which we are different, but here are the ways in which we are the same. And with characters like um, her or like uh, Momoko Hayakushiki, Hay- <laughs> Momoko Hayakushiki yeah. from Nanbaka. Last name, difficult to say. Yeah, I just went um, Momoko or the warden with her. <laughs> yeah, everyone seems to just say the warden. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> it's hard to say. Um, but Momoko, uh, again, I'm not super like her in that I'm not as serious as she is. And I'm also not as fangirly as she is. But I've had my moments. And so yeah. I'm like, you know what, girl, I get you. Yeah, because right. she's, she's serious a lot. But then she goes in that super high, cutesy mm-hmm. voice that's really pretty cool. <laughs> oh, I love voicing her. But, like, she is so – she's so intense, you yes. know? And I'm like, I, I'm not – I can't be that intense at any point in my life. But I understand her. <laughs> nice. And I get her. Nice. So <laughs> – do you have any funny recording or audition stories you can tell us? Ooh, yes, I can. Um, actually, those two characters that I just mentioned are mm-hmm. perfect examples of funny audition stories. Nice. Um, so starting with Sadie, um, I was working at Funimation maybe under a couple months when I booked Sadie. Uh, she was the second named character I ever booked, um, which is weird because they she was not the second character I ever got to announce. I actually had to wait a long time to announce her. Mm. But she was the second one I ever booked. Um, I had just finished working on Fairy Tale, playing Libra. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Joel McDonald called me in for One Piece, like two hours on One Piece. And usually when you have like one hour, two hours, maybe three hours, uh, you assume that it's background work. Uh, so it's going to be you and a bunch of other people standing in the booth talking about whatever. Um, just to fill in some of the background noise mm-hmm. in a show. That's what I assumed it was. I get there, and it's just me. And at that point in time, I had never had any sessions that were just me except for Fairy Tale. So I was very confused because I was like, I auditioned for Fairy Tale. I've never auditioned for One Piece. I don't know what's going on. Um, so I get in the booth, and it's Joel, who is lovely and great. And he basically goes, all right, so um, I've got a lot of characters to cast in this arc. You did a thing recently, uh, so you're going to get in there. And um, I've got all the auditions right here. You're going to start going through them one at a time. Some are big characters, some are small characters. And whichever one you're good for, we're just going to record for the rest of the two hours. Wow. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I I wasn't expecting this. Pressure. (laughs) Nice. So I hop in. And he's got this whole, like, packet of characters. But he goes, let's just start with the first one. And it was Mr. Sadie. Um, and I look at her, and I look at her description, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I just do my Mistress Sadie voice, and, mm, like, that's her. And he goes, yeah, it's good. Let's do that. Nice. I didn't even touch the other characters. It, it was probably Domino. Um, and a couple, and like Olive, the other minor female characters in that Mm -hmm. arc, um, didn't even touch him, just started recording Sadie. And this was also my first character with, uh, real lip flaps because Libra 
has a cloth over yeah, her face. Yeah, she has that like mask thing. Oh, yeah. 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 So I never had to match lips with Libra. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sadie, I was like, oh, okay, we're starting. And like the very first scene when she sh- first shows up in One Piece was just, that was me recording, just having been thrown into it. Um, and, you know, now looking back on it, I'm like, man, like I grew a lot over the course of recording One Piece. Like mm-hmm. in, in the last scene, I'm like, I feel like, I finally, you know, got my footing and I was understanding what we were doing. Um, and then I was able to take those skills and apply them to Eclipse Libra back in Fairy Tale because Eclipse mm-hmm. Libra also had lip flaps. Um, but like Sadie was my big like growing thing. And then for Momoko in Nanbaka, um, <clears throat> that was a simul dub. So when I auditioned for her, uh, nobody knew that she did that high pitched squeaky voice. Ooh. I auditioned for her based off episode one, and in episode one, she only speaks very s- seriously. Uh, and I leave, and then I see episode two go live. And in episode two, she does the squeaky voice. And I text the director in a panic, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just saw the new voice. That's got to be so stressful for you, because you didn't have anyone do that voice. Uh, do, you need me to come, like, do you need me to audition again? I can record something really fast. I've got a home studio. I'll just do it from home. And he goes, ha, 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 you're already cast, so we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> so luckily... For him and for me, it worked out well, um, and I'm having a ton of fun with her. But that was a loop that nobody was, and that's the thing with simulcast dubs is like sometimes you just don't know, and you just hope for the best. And thankfully, like I was able to do something that he was happy with, uh, he was really happy with actually, and the fans are happy with, and everything's cool. But man, <laughs> I, I I got that. Uh, text back from him while I was sitting in my car and I just started laughing like in my car by myself I'm just like I cannot believe this <laughs> nice is there a lot more work with all these simul dubs that are coming out for mm-hmm. you guys oh yes because for us um, you know it used to be like every director had one show that was their um, well now we call them DVD dubs but back then they were just normal dubs like that's how dubs were done. They were made for the DVD, and then they came out on DVD, and then your dub was out. Um, but now we have a distinction. There's simul dubs, and there's DVD dubs. And it used to be that every director had a DVD dub, and that was it. Just one show. Now, every director has a simulcast dub and a DVD dub, and hmm. there is a day director and a night director, which also was never a thing. It used to just be one director in one booth. Now every booth is shared. Um, so there's four times as many shows getting made at any given time. Uh, so for an actor, that's amazing. You're like, oh man, that's so many more shows that are happening. And if you're in a simul dub, you're coming in every week to do your character. If your character shows up in every episode, um, for directors, I imagine it's a nightmare. Yeah. But. For actors, it's great. <laughs> yeah, good for fans too. Tons of content. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. the content that ever since you know the new season started with you know the Crunchyroll doing a lot of the subs and Funimation doing a lot of the dubs, mm-hmm. we've been getting so much more content. It's fantastic. Wow. That's oh yeah, cool. it's a it's like, a it's a really good time to be an anime fan. <laughs> yeah, like I cannot believe how many dubs are coming out just all the time now. And I mean, not just from our company, but from a lot of companies are kind of stepping up their production. But our company's definitely putting out like 
way more shows a season, and it's awesome. Yeah, so I guess I, as a fan, I'm happy too because I'm watching like a lot of the shows that come out every season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember when they first really started doing the simul dubs. Because uh, what that would have started with Space Dandy. Space Dandy. Would it, yeah. It's like when they first started doing those, you'd get like one every, and like they started doing uh, Justin Rojas and Lauren and everybody, and Chad started doing the uh, Double Talk podcast mm-hmm. and all that series. And it was like one, two, three, four episodes, <laughs> like four, you know, shows maybe. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, what do you want on Double Talk? There's like a list of 10. Like, yeah, it's, exactly. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's 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 amazing how that has just grown so much in the last few years. It's and we're hoping huge. we're hoping it'll keep growing because dubs coming out at this rate is it's hard, but it's definitely the ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, people want to watch their shows like a Saturday morning cartoon, you know, like every day at this time the new yeah. episode is out. Um, that's how people like to you know ingest their anime. Usually, most people don't like to wait for the DVD and then watch the whole DVD in one sitting and then be like, Oh, it's over. Like I've, I've, you know, I have exhausted the entirety of this show. Um, so I'm hoping it'll keep growing, but there's only so far it'll go before the quality starts to dip. And Mm. Funimation knows that they've been very careful about like, we do this many shows because we have this many people who can handle the workload and we can't spread the actors too thin. We got to make sure that it's good. Yeah, that's actually encouraging to hear, to know that they have a focus on quality and are not, you know, all not about quantity. Not just pumping out content, yeah. just to pump oh, out content. Oh, for sure. That's cool. That's really cool. So, do you have a favorite character that you've voiced over? Ugh, definitely Momoko yeah. from Momoko. <laughs> she is my favorite, and it, it helps that I love that show to death. Mm-hmm. I love that show so much. I keep up with the sub and the dub. Um and I've looked into the manga as much as one can, not speaking Japanese. Right. Um, like, I'm obsessed with that show, and Momoko is so much fun to play. I've, I've kind of kept up a little bit with uh, some of the shows. Like, my whole thing is, if I like the manga, I'm going to go watch the anime. And, <laughs> you know, with the anime, something will come out and be like, oh, maybe this has a manga. And it's really kind of disappointing, like, especially some of these new shows that are coming out. They don't have a manga yet. It's just mm-hmm. animation. And you're like, oh, well, there's nothing else to go with. Mm-hmm. It's kind of yeah. sad. <laughs> or it's all light novels, and good luck trying to find those in English. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nanbaka, crazily enough, is a web manga. Um, so it's like a, a web like comic. It's kind of like Hitalia? Yeah, like Hitalia or One Punch Man. Um, it was on the web. And then it got adapted into an anime, a two-season anime with an OVA and a stage play. And I'm like, that's so much for a web manga. But the thing that makes Nambaka's web manga really unique is that it's in full color. Um, Very strange. Hmm. It's just a very strange specimen, and that's kind of why I love it so much. Yeah, you don't see that very often. Mm -mm. Now, here we go. This is going to be a little bit of a fun question. Okay. You get to voice anything. What what is the show that you want to voice? You have free range to do whatever character and anything. Digimon. Digimon. Who are you going to play <laughs> Digimon? Uh, any Digimon, like any monster that hasn't had a voice before. That would be Ooh. what I would want. Um, I wouldn't care which one it was, um, just as long as it had never had a voice before and I got to be the voice, nice. you know? Because I love that show so much. <laughs> 
That's great. I'm trying to think of something that doesn't have a voice, really. Well, it would have to be one of the newer ones that are coming out because yeah. so yeah. many of them have appeared as like background characters or like mm-hmm. some of them have showed up multiple times with multiple voices because like they're different ones. And that's all cool. Like, I wouldn't mind if I was like a different, you know, X, Y, Z. Like, oh, I'm playing this one, but it's female or I'm playing this one, but mm-hmm. it's a different one from one of the previous seasons. I wouldn't mind that. Listen, I'd be happy. Um, but if I had free reign to pick whatever I wanted, I would definitely pick one that has never had a voice before or is brand new. Um, that I it would just get to I would just get to be like that one is me, and it would be very easy to explain. Be like that one is me. That's nice. perfect. Nice. Uh, I just love it so much. Okay, well, this was a really fun episode. Yeah, it was great to have you on, Marissa. We thank you for your time. and Of course. Thank you for having me. And thank you for your voice. I, I love having voice actors on because just their speaking voices are just so great. Your, <laughs> your voice is fantastic. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Marissa, where can uh, our wonderful audience find you at on social media-wise? Uh, well, um, on Twitter, I am at Lenti Soup. That's my last name, L-E-N-T-I <laughs> Soup. Nice. Um, and then on Facebook, I have a fan page that's just under my full name, Marissa Lenti. And you can also find all of my work, be it um, video clips of my work, audio clips of my work, and my full resume at www.marissalenti.com. And you'll be able to find all of those links in the description page of our episode. Yeah. So if you want to check her out, definitely go check her out. <laughs> Gavin, what about you? Well, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Gavin Audison Art. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. Find the podcast at Animation Station Podcast on Instagram. And Animation... No. Animate. Animate Podcast. It's different on Twitter, and (laughs) it throws me. Animate Podcast on Twitter. And you can go to our website, www.animationstationpodcast.com, and you can click on the podcast tab and listen to all of our episodes. You can also get them on iTunes and Stitcher. Yep. All right. So, again, Marissa, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right. For the Animation Station Podcast, I'm Josh. I'm Gavin. And I'm Marissa. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Animation Station Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Animation Station Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Animate Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes and join the conversation at SecretSuperheroClub.com where you can connect with our podcast friends, Cloud City Cast, Getting Into Comics, and Sean of the Gathering. 